In preparation for today's mes message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 43 to, 4 to 54. That's John chapter 4, verses 43 to 54. If you have your Bibles with you, please open them in that portion of the scripture and join me in reading God's word. Let's all rise in reverence to the word of God. After the two days, he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that the prophet had no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Thank you, Brother Doy. Good morning, Po. How are you? In a research study published in Indian Journal of Psychiatry entitled The Biochemistry of Belief, the authors concluded that, as I quote, the findings of carefully designed research indicate that our interpretation of what we are seeing or experiencing can literally alter our physiology. Now, in this article, the, the, the authors uh, mentioned the terms placebo effect. Yeah, so placebo effect, this is uh, what happens to a person uh, who is given, let's say, this person is having a headache or a migraine. And this person is uh, given a medicine, a drug, uh, that has no effect in relieving such headache. Yet, he is told that this drug would relieve him or her from such pain. And so, by taking this medication, after a few hours, he or she would experience relief, though it's really just sugar or just starch. So that is, according to some scientists, 
the power of suggestion and causes one to believe. Now, in the context of Christianity, a believer is defined as someone who believes uh, in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and of course, His Word, that His Word is indeed true, permanent, and eternal. So, we continue with our study in the series of the Gospel of John, and we are now in John chapter 4, verses 43 to 54. Finally, the last chap uh, verses of this chapter. Uh, so, tagal natin uh, tinipreach tung chapter 4, and we are now at the last segment of this uh, chapter. And uh, this is entitled Second Sign. Last Sunday, if you are here, those who are, who are following us via uh, social media, the Samaritan woman told the people in the town about her encounter with the Lord Jesus. We have learned this from our beloved senior pastor who cannot be with us this morning as he and his family is attending to uh, their mother, uh, who is, uh, praise God, uh, as we hear, the good news is doing well. So why not, let's just pause for a while and just uh, commit this time to the Lord in prayer and let, allow me to just pray for our pastor and his family. Heavenly Father, we take this time to humble ourselves before you. We acknowledge, Lord, that apart from you, we cannot do anything. Today, we remember our senior pastor, Pastor Ed Pilapil Jr. and his family, especially Lord, his mother, Tita Tita. We pray for healing, for full recovery upon her, that she will regain her strength back. Thank you, Lord, that indeed only by your will, by your grace, that we are saved through faith. This is not our own works so that we can boast of it. So Lord, we believe that you are a God who heals. And we thank you, Lord, for the healing even to her right now. And to those whom we know who are sick, we pray for them as well. Pray for this time as we continue, Lord, to study your word, that we would hear only your voice. And anything, Lord, that is not from you, take them away. We pray, Lord, that you give us the ability to process, to understand, to live out, and to teach the truths from your word. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the story of the Samaritan woman, as we have learned last Sunday, brought people to Jesus. Her community, the Samaritan community. And many of the Samaritans believed Jesus. Then the Lord proceeded to Galilee after two days in Samaria. So John, the writer, 
narrated that the Galileans welcomed him because of what they witnessed in the Passover feast pertaining to John chapter 2, verse 23. So let's just look at this uh, passages in John chapter 4, verses 43 to 45. It says here, after the two days, he departed for Galilee. Uh, after two days, that's the amount of the length of time that uh, one would travel uh, around 80 kilometers without uh, cars and bus during that time. So it was a two-day travel. And uh, Jesus spent two days in Samaria, in Sikar, uh, to minister to the Samaritans, where we have learned last Sunday that the Samaritans, as they heard first from the woman who went to the well about Jesus, the Messiah, they personally heard from Jesus who, who he is. They knew him, and hearing from him, they believed. So after two days, Jesus and his disciples started to depart and went to Galilee. Verse 44, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. Verse 45, so when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. In verse 44, it was inserted by the writer that Jesus himself testified that the prophet has no honor in his hometown. He is not believed as a, as a prophet. Yet in 45, verse 45, when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. Why did these Galileans welcome Jesus? Uh, as we continue, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. Uh, this Passover feast was written in John chapter 2, verse 23. So uh, just allow me to read a portion of that scripture. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs which he was doing. Verse 24 to 25, but Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. He knew that not all believed in him. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. So Jesus knows what is in a man's mind or in a man's heart, in a man's past. In the story of the Samaritan woman, Jesus knew that this woman was living with someone who, is, who was not her husband. So although the Galileans welcomed him, one would observe that the author, John, did not use the word believe. As written in verse 45, that when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. Welcoming and believing are two different terms. And so these Galileans... They just welcomed him for the reason that he has done miracles. And so they saw Jesus perform miracles during the Passover feast, which was in contrast with the Samaritans whom, when Jesus spoke to them by his word, 
through the word of Jesus, they believed in him. So here we can see that there are people who would believe Jesus because of his doing of miracles. Yet there are those who would believe his word. And one of which would be a royal official who would ask for healing for his child. So this official heard that Jesus was in Cana and the official went out to meet him. In verse 46, so he came again to Cana in Galilee where he made the water wine. This was the first recorded miracle of Jesus by John in chapter 2. That's why the, this, the, the title of this message is the second sign or the second miracle. Because this will be the second miracle that Jesus would perform. Now, interestingly, if we look at the, the miracle that Jesus performed in John chapter 2, turning water into wine, there would be some similarities with this particular a miracle that the second miracle that Jesus would perform. First, it would be on the third day that Jesus would do this miracle. So after two days of travel, on the third day in John chapter 2, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And this is the time when Jesus performed the miracle. Now here, after two days departing for Galilee, Meaning on the third day, he would do this particular miracle. Isn't it cool now on the third day there is something special that happens? Now my daughter, uh, our youngest daughter, 10-year-old, underwent laparoscopic appendectomy last Wednesday. So after the surgery, the next day we... She, we immediately went home, yet she was still feeling pain uh, from the surgery. It's only on the third day, yesterday, that she started to feel well and uh, stand up by herself and go to the CR to, to urinate. Anyway, as we continue, verse 46, And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. And this official, uh, as the Bible scholars would, would uh, say, that probably served as a uh, part of the ministry of, of uh, Herod Antipas, uh, under Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas is one of the seven children of King Herod the Great. King Herod the Great was the king during the time when Jesus was born and he was the one who ordered for all the firstborn sons to be killed, fearing that this king that would replace him, thinking that this physical king would, would rule and take away his, his, uh, his kingship, uh, has already been born. And so one of his sons is Herod Antipas, and he's the Galilean governor, Galilean administrator. So perhaps in our time today, equivalent to our provincial governor. 
because Galilee is a province, it's a region. And Cana is one of the towns. Nazareth is also where, where Jesus was born, was also another town of uh, Galilee. And so this uh, official was working under Herod Antipas, the governor of Galilee. So at Capernaum, so if just to give you a picture of where Capernaum is, so imagine Naga City no, and then going north, uh, let's say uh, Pamplona or San Fernando or Sipokot perhaps. So Capernaum is going north. So Galilee is on the on more on the west side. So going north, uh, east is that's where Capernaum is. And so at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. So that's, that was the place where the son of this official was actually sick. Now verse 47, when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. Why? Because he was at the point of death. So this father, who is uh, probably a, a Gentile, a Roman official, went to Jesus as he has heard you know, that this miracle worker is now in Galilee. And perhaps in desperation, wala na sigurong pag-asa, lahat ng mga doctors will not be able to, to cure or to manage whatever condition his son has, went to Jesus and asked him to come down. Come down. So nasa taas na, pero come down. Kasi yung Galilee, medyo mataas siya na, na land area. And then uh, yung uh, beside or Capernaum near the, the Sea of Galilee is lower. And so the, the idea is going down, yet it's going north. So he pleaded, he asked Jesus to go there to Capernaum, to come down to Capernaum and heal his son. Why? For he was at the point of death. So, shout out sa mga fathers who would do anything and perhaps even everything just to save the life of his son or daughter. Uh, so, happy Father's Day po to those who are watching, to those who are listening. Just a side note, especially to those who are willing to do and sacrifice everything for the sake of his wife and his children, his child and his family. May the Lord bless such fathers. And so this father went to Jesus, verse 48. And Jesus said to him, talking to him, man to man, yet Jesus is message was not only for him but for certain people it's interesting that jesus says to him in verse 48 unless you see signs and wonders 
you will not believe. So the word you, the pronoun you uh, in uh, ancient Greek, uh, I'm not sure how this is pronounced, I date, I date, is in the plural form. So I, Jesus was not particularly speaking to this, to this uh, uh, royal official. He was actually declaring to this person, to this official in general, that unless the people see signs and wonders, the people will not believe. So although the Lord spoke to the official, he addressed a set of people during that time in general. Remember, the Galileans welcomed him not because he was a prophet, but because he was a miracle worker. And many of us, including myself, there was a time, there was a moment in my life where I dared God. Because I have something, I have a big concern, I have a, a great desperation, I have a need. So I, I, I came to the Lord in prayer, asking, telling even Him, commanding Him to change my life and uh, restore my relationship with my family with my, my, my wife in particular. And only at that moment, I said to, to God, challenging Him, that I would believe. Only when He restores my relationship with my family. So I can relate to people you know, believing superficially in Jesus because of what He can do because of the blessings that he can give, not believing on him, on Christ himself, but on his works. But I'm not saying that his works are not important. In this particular case, it is. So the people, they're welcoming Christ because he was doing miracles. And so Jesus, siguro, no, sa sarili niya, okay, you want a miracle? Here's one. I'll do one for one person, for one family, yet the impact will be for his whole household and perhaps even to others. So he addressed a set of people saying, unless you, you people, you see signs and wonders, you will not believe so how many of us would believe in jesus because he can do miracles it's good no to to remember that one of the greatest miracle that jesus may perhaps do is to change our life and not just to heal the sick now witnessing signs and wonders Brothers and sisters, seeing the signs and wonders does not necessarily lead to saving faith. Just allow me to repeat that. Witnessing, seeing, experiencing signs and wonders does not necessarily lead 
to saving faith. Signs and wonders, miracles, these are important. But this is just one aspect of what Christ can actually do. More than doing miracles of healing, Jesus can actually give eternal life. So just imagine, imagine that for a moment. More than physical healing. Because we know that, yes, one day we will still die. So we may survive one illness. We may survive one pandemic. But one day our hearts would cease to pump. Our lungs would stop breathing. Our brains and our cells would stop living. And that is not the only miracle that Christ can do. Hence, believers should not overemphasize signs and wonders. As an application to this, don't focus on the miracles. Let us not focus on the miracles. Let us focus on who Christ is. And what he has done in totality. Not that just one aspect of what Jesus can do. Remember, remember the Lord's rebuke about people who need signs and wonders to believe. Remember this uh, gentle, sweet, or perhaps for some would be harsh rebuke. Uh, so one time the Lord rebuked me, uh, challenging God that I will only believe if he would do something. So, what makes a person believe? Uh, well, uh, as uh, the authors of one study, the, the study that I've, I've shared with you uh, as an introduction, it's, it's seeing to believe or experiencing to believe, diba? Ganon tayong saying, to see is to believe. Yet the Bible speaks of a different kind of way of believing. And it's actually not by sight. And that's the irony of, of the Word of God. That's the opposite. Yung sinasabi ng world, to see is to believe. But the Bible, as we go back in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, actually defines faith as the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. In other words, faith is confidence in what we hope for, something that we already have, but we haven't seen it yet, and the assurance about what we do not see. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 said, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we don't focus on the, the miracles that we may see. We focus on God's Word. What is God's Word? Revealed by the writer John, as we have studied already in chapter 1, Jesus is the Word. He's the Word. 
And he was with God as the Word in the beginning. And the Word was God. All things were made through him. And without him, not anything would have been made. Jesus is the light. The light of this world. The light amidst the darkness. Jesus is the giver of light. And he is also the giver of the right to become children of God for those who believe. He is the giver of the right to become children of God. According to John the Baptist, he is the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of man. For the disciples, they started to see him as the Messiah. Nathaniel said, He's the, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. In the first miracle in Cana, he was seen to perform the change of water into wine. Hence, he was the giver of joy. Imagine the, the joy of the, the bride and the groom and those who attended, the guests. Which is interesting because in the first miracle in the, in the wedding at Cana, it was the servants you know, by, with Jesus just speaking, you know, take the water and bring it to the guests, fill the, the, the jar with water. And the servants saw, they personally experienced and saw the miracle. Now here in the second miracle, it was also the servants who would, as we would later learn more who would see such miracle and it was them who declared and shared to the royal official to their boss what happened and so Jesus is the savior of the world according to the Samaritan woman and according to the Samaritans as we see the progression of how John would reveal about who Jesus is so that as we also read the word of god though we haven't seen jesus die on the cross resurrect on the third day yet from the word of god through the bible we believe not because we have seen but because we have not seen yet we still believed so we don't focus on the miracles alone our focus would be on the word of god which is true and sure and eternal which speaks about who he is in the totality now the second point is believing. Even though the Lord rebuked those who sought signs and wonders before believing, the official determined to seek the Lord's healing. Uh, twice he would ask Jesus to come down because of his dying child. Jesus proclaimed that the child would live. In verse 49, the official said to him, Jesus, well, the, the official goes to Jesus, asks him, come to Capernaum, 
come down and heal my son because he is at the point of death. And then Jesus answers him in a theological way. You know, you people, including perhaps this, this uh, official, you only believe because of the signs and wonders that I have done and I am doing. But this royal official, instead of uh, responding to such statement by, by Jesus, was determined and persistently asked Jesus to come down before my child dies. And sometimes what does it take to, to have that faith? Well, here there was a need. If someone sees that there is a need, that's the time that, well, perhaps most of the time, one comes to the Lord and asks. So in verse 50, Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. So this man was asking Jesus to go with him. So to personally go to his child and, and, and heal his child. But Jesus says, go, your son will live. What was the official's response? This official said, in uh, the official we know from the subsequent sentence, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. The Lord's word was enough for the official. He was asking, go with me so I can personally see how you will heal my child. Yet God says, Jesus says, go, your son will live. The royal official, he believed what Jesus said about his son. Jesus said, your son will live. After the official heard the word, he returned to his son. Although it's interesting that it's just the next day that he would go Capernaum from Galilee is half of uh, 80 kilometers travel from Sychar to, to Galilee. So that's around 40 kilometers. So perhaps in uh, six hours, he would be there already. Yet we look at verse 51. As he was going down, his servants met him. And told him that his son was recovering. Uh, the words was recovering in some translation actually also means living. So from the point of dying, he's now living again. He's now recovering. Verse 52, so he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So here, seventh hour is 1 p.m. Sixth hour is 12 noon. Seven, seventh hour is 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So yesterday was with Jesus around, around 12 noon, between 12 noon and 1 p.m. He was there talking to Jesus and Jesus says to him, go, your son will live. It was not mentioned if this man immediately went back home. It was just six-hour travel. But it was just the next day that he would be there, actually, 
As he was going down, so he asked his servant, what time did the fever left him? So we have an idea that his son had a fever. And fever is just a manifestation of some infection. In verse 53, the father knew, the royal official, the father knew that he was, that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And this is the third time that Jesus, or actually the words he will live was mentioned. The first is in verse 49, go, your son will live. Second, when he goes there, he was told by the officials, or I mean the servants, that his son was living or was recovering. And now he remembered that when Jesus said to him, your son will live. Isn't it amazing that just by speaking, Jesus would turn the water into wine. Just by speaking, go, your son will live. This dying child becomes well. Just by speaking. And we know that God, just by speaking, He would create the universe. And what happened? Because of the healing, physical healing to His dying child, it was confirmed in verse 53, He Himself believed in all His household. So it could be perhaps in the first Time that Jesus would say, go, your son will live. He believed in the word of Jesus. And now here, he believed in who Jesus is. In verse 54, this was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. It was a great miracle. Because it's a miracle where a, a person is that the, the point of death would recover. So as an application to this, we must believe. You must believe God's word. Why? so that we will live. It is only by faith that we are saved. Not of anyone's good works. It's only by faith that we will live. Yes, we will die physically, yet we will live for eternity. And so believing God's word Believing on who Christ did, Christ is, what He has done on the cross, and what He's doing and what He's going to do is enough for our eternal salvation, eternal life. So let us believe His word. We should anchor our minds and hearts on His word. So, why is it important to believe? His word. 
Why is it important to believe that it is only through Christ that we are saved? Why is it important? Because it is for our eternal life. And it is also for the eternal life of your wife, of your child, of your children, your loved ones, your friends, your classmates, your co-workers, the salvation from God's wrath. It is not enough to acknowledge Christ. A lot of people would know who Christ is. More or less, he was born in December 24 in a manger. A lot of people would know he was a carpenter's son. He was the son of Joseph and Mary. A lot of people would even know that Jesus died on the cross and even rose from the dead. Yet this is just superficial knowledge. It is not even also enough for us to welcome him or to say that we receive him. We must sincerely, honestly, perhaps with your emotions, with this, with what's important is that we believe. What is belief? It's a total surrender. It's fully bringing in our mind and in our hearts that it is only through Christ that we are saved. Not just because of the signs and wonders, but because of who Christ is. The Galileans, they welcomed him because of the signs and wonders. But the writer did not say that they believed him. So let us not also make the same mistake. We believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior. And it is only through Him that we can have eternal life. Now, it's easy to say to believe in Him but really, with deep reflection and with deep meditation and with deep analysis, that one can only believe if one has truly known who Christ is. And unless God himself changes the heart, the mind of such person, one will not be able to, to come to that point of genuine faith. Why? Because to see is to believe. Yet here we are believing in things that we haven't even seen. That's why it's sometimes hard and difficult to explain this and to share this to one to another person. 
because they, they, their, their mindset is that perhaps I would only believe if I would personally see. And it's also a good thing to remember that it is not us who convinces. It is not us who changes the hearts and the minds of people. It's only God who can do this. And so what can we do? Here, the official believed the word of Jesus. Just by saying, go, your son is well. Your son will live. He believed. On the way home, the official confirmed the healing of his son. So the confirmation, the seeing came after his belief. Now after this, what happened, his whole household also believed. So let us bring others to Christ by sharing our testimony and the gospel. It's always been preached here that when the Father comes to Christ first, it's easier for the whole household to follow. In the encounter of Jesus with the Samaritan woman, we're given a story of how a woman and through this woman, the community believed. Here we can see that through the Father, through this, this loving Father, the whole household, including the servants, believed. So just imagine, brothers and sisters, if you're here today with a loved one who has not yet believed in Christ. Just imagine their eternal destiny. We believe in the Bible as it says that God is a creator. He created man and woman, male and female, according to his image. We also believe as the word of God says that all have sinned and fell short at the glory of God. No one is perfect except Christ. We also believe that the word of God says that the penalty, the wages, the punishment of sin is death. Not just physical death, but spiritual and eternal death and suffering and pain in a place called hell or the lake of fire. So believe that. Believe that God is just and He is holy and He will, con he will punish. In fact, as we have already learned in chapter 3, verses 6, 17, 18, 19, that the world is already condemned. The punishment has already been laid down. Just, as, just like in our judicial system, the punishment for the crimes are already written in the revised penal code. So if one is a judge to, of a particular crime, here is the penalty for such. And same here with God's 
royal decree. There's a punishment. The world is condemned. And what is the punishment? Death. Eternal suffering. Yet, God is also a loving Father so that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, so that if we repent of our sins, if we turn our back from our sin and believe in Jesus, we will have eternal life. Just imagine if we share this to our loved one, to our friend, to our classmate, to our neighbors, and my context to my patients, and to everyone in your network, under your influence. And by His grace, we'll be able to bring others to Christ. Imagine what will happen to them. Imagine also what will happen if we do not. If they would die without knowing who Christ is, without putting their faith on Christ. Now here we have learned of the great love of a father, an earthly father, that he would do anything so that his son would physically live. What more if that life would be eternal? By His grace, by prayer, by faith, and by proclaiming, by sharing the Word of God, who Christ is, that only by faith in Him that we are saved, our loved ones, our friends, would receive eternal life. I would close with a, as always, with a poem written by our pastor entitled Second Sign. The Galileans welcomed him. It didn't say if some were kin. Went to Cana in Galilee, an official went out to see. He asked the Lord to heal his son. Heavy words on him fell upon. Christ would heal, but he would rebuke through his word, and that is no fluke. His rebuke was in plural, yet he did not show refusal. His word, the official believed, healing for his son he received. The whole household believed in Christ. Believing in Him is the prize. It's not the wonders and the signs on His word we should all align. Shall we all stand and close in prayer? And if you're here today and you're representing someone who is sick physically, is some, someone who is dead spiritually may encourage you to come before the Lord 
with that great burden, with that great need. Just as this royal official went to Jesus asking on behalf of his son, pleading in desperation, believing not just because you have heard of what Jesus has done, that Jesus can perform miracles, but because of pure faith that Jesus can heal and can give life to someone who is dead and someone who is actually dying. Believing is trusting Jesus and His Word. Just as this royal official trusted Jesus when he said, Go, your son will live. Despite not actually seeing the how and the process of such healing, this official, this Gentile believed, this father believed. So if you are here today, perhaps you are watching, you are listening to this message, you are representing someone who is sick, someone who is spiritually dead, let's come before the Lord in prayer, believing that Jesus can not only heal the physical sickness, but He can give eternal life. So Father, this is our prayer. We know that you know our hearts and our minds. You are an omnipotent God. You know everything. And we came here, Lord, we are asking not because we know that you can do great miracles but because we purely and plainly believe that you can give more than physical healing you can give new life and you can give eternal life so today Lord as we remember this father who came before you asking with the need for his son to be well. We are also praying for a loved one, a friend, an acquaintance whom we know who are sick, who is sick, we know who is spiritually dead and yet to believe in you, interceding, asking in behalf of this person or these persons Lord heal them give them new life give them eternal life yet we also ask that you use us in a special way 
to proclaim and share the gospel, your gospel, that there is hope and there is salvation in you alone. Because faith comes from hearing and faith comes from hearing your word. And so we ask that perhaps through us or through other persons that you would use, they would hear the gospel and you would change their hearts and bring them to a point of repentance and that they will truly turn their back from sin and put their faith on Christ alone. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We pray for again for the fathers who are here and those who are not here physically. Thank you for their great sacrifice. We pray for our fathers. We know that they are not perfect. Yet we pray that you, by your grace, you will continue to use them, Lord, to lead every household to Christ. This is our prayer today. Giving you all the glory and the honor that you alone deserve. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless us all. Happy Father's Day and see you again next Sunday.